I expect you have all had the experience of working with someone you respect and admire, whether a parent, a teacher, or a friend, someone you looked up to or wanted to be like or gave you a sense of your own worth. One such experience for me came the summer I entered the monastery. I was busy packing up my belongings and repainting a co-worker's century-old home, but I also made the time to drive out to the Brady Farm and bale hay. Baling hay does have a beauty to it. The slow pace back and forth across the fields, the smell of the cut grass, the sky overhead, and the swallows sweeping by to catch the insects stirred up by the tractor. But those of you who have done it know the work is not necessarily delightful. You stand on a jolting wagon under the blazing sun, trying to keep your balance as you haul and stack the heavy bales. The itchy chaff builds up in your clothes and on your sweaty skin, and the salt burns in your eyes and the little scratches on your arms. For many of us, this could well be a scene from the inferno. So why did I do it? Because the Bradys were my friends. I was able to stand on a jolting wagon with a man I respected and admired as a husband and father and spend time with him. After the hay was in the barn, I would sit by a fire as the stars came out overhead, sharing in the camaraderie of their family. That communion made any possible discomfort worthwhile. What is it that makes work enjoyable rather than drudgery? I have found that working with people I respect and admire makes dull work much more pleasant. But if I see work as separating me from those people, even work I enjoy can become onerous. No work day limps along more slowly than the one in which we constantly anticipate its end, resentful of who it keeps us from. With this in mind, Martha's complaint to our Lord seems quite reasonable to me. Jesus has come to dinner, and she's stuck playing Cinderella, scrubbing pots while her sister goes to the ball and dances with the prince. Of course she's upset. It's blatantly unfair. And our Lord rebukes her, adding insult to injury. What has happened? Let us leave Martha to grumble in indignation for a moment and turn to St. Paul as he glories in his sufferings. If we recall the litany of trials he relates to the Corinthians, the beatings, stonings, imprisonment, shipwrecks, cold, and hunger, we might expect some justified grumbling there as well. Instead, Martha's attitude has been knocked head over heels and thrown for a loop. What does Paul know that eludes Martha? The difference is that Paul has been grasped by the mystery, or, if you prefer, the sacrament of the situation. Just as what seems ordinary water washes away not dirt but sin, just as what seems a wafer of bread is truly the body of our Lord, and just as an otherwise ordinary man may act in persona Christi to offer the sacrifice of the Mass, so also here, what seems to Martha to be a loss, an injustice to be contended with, appears in a new light when we take St. Paul's point of view. 
He sees that by baptism we have been claimed by Christ so profoundly that our every action may now be Christ's own. The communion that Martha longs for and feels denied is actually already hers. The proof is in the pairing of this gospel with the story of Abraham's hospitality within the setting of the Mass. For the hospitable service rendered by Abraham is a prefiguration of the meal God himself here serves us, and Martha's service is in continuity with both. Her service is a participation in the life she longs to share, but her resentment and complaining have blinded her, as they can blind us. Surely this is why St. Benedict reserves some of his harshest criticism for murmurers, saying that even if they do what was asked and only murmur in their hearts, they will receive no reward. It is not denied them. They are unable to receive it. So take heart, Martha. You have a difficult task before you. You must set aside what you deem essential and take your seat at the Lord's feet. There you will learn to see the ways he is always with you and has never been away. Let the mystery of Christ possess you, and any duty you will subsequently be called to will be a delight, for you will find yourself side by side with the one you love and serve with the strength provided by the certainty of his abiding presence. In the Eucharist, we too are offered the ability to sit at the feet of Jesus and be taught to see his life in ourselves. Martha's complaint is no bad thing, for it gives our Lord an opening to heal her heart. We too should bring to him our grievances and hurts and sorrows, casting all our cares upon him, open to being challenged by his love, ready to be converted. May St. Martha and St. Paul intercede for us as we turn to the Lord and allow ourselves to be served by him and be healed.